This market mayhem, triple digit moves up, triple digit moves down, causing mass anxiety lately. And uh, we know, we've all been talking about it, right? Imagine if you had a stock portfolio worth $107 billion. That is the current value of Warren Buffett's portfolio. The Oracle of Omaha jetted into New York City today to make good on his Lunch with the Oracle charity auction he does every year. The luncheon benefits the Glide Foundation. This is a San Francisco homeless shelter that was near and dear to Buffett's first wife, Susan. His company, Berkshire Hathaway, saw $10 billion lopped off its market cap over August. So let's look at the lucky guy who won this steak luncheon auction. There he is in the hallway at Smith & Walensky in Midtown. He's Andy Ye. He's the CEO of Chinese online gaming giant Dalian Zeus Entertainment. He and his family paid $2.34 million for a steak lunch today with Buffett. But before they sank their teeth into that pricey ribeye, I got a chance to sit down with Mr. Buffett and talk about his 80-plus companies, how they're doing, whether the Fed should raise rates in nine days, why he's about to borrow $10 billion, yes, he told me he is, and how the Fed has only made the rich richer, even with the recent market madness. We've done better than virtually any country in the world, and we were certainly hit as hard by the panic of 2008 as, as any country. So I, I, I give credit, enormous credit, really, to the Fed in terms of of bringing us out of what was really the worst thing we'd hit since the Great Depression. And there's no, the, the people that's really hurt, of course, are the people that are living on savings and have them in fixed income instruments that have them in bank deposits or something. Those people have seen their incomes just practically obliterated. Uh, Is that but, fair? Uh, it's, it's tough. I mean, it's, it's, it's why I've always said, you know, back in 2008, I said, own equities, don't own bonds, because uh, that's the place to be. And, and People that own fixed income instruments, particularly savings accounts or anything short term, uh, you know, they thought that maybe they could retire on three or four hundred thousand dollars and be very well off, and instead they, they've got a pittance coming in. But the Fed has followed the right policies for coming back from where we were six years ago. But let me push you here. We're not in an emergency situation anymore, so there are smart people asking, is this U.S. economy a phony economy? Because no. the no, 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 it's a very real economy. 17 million cars are getting turned out and people are driving them. Home, housing has come back. Uh, employment has come back. We have come back, I think, probably better than any industrialized country in the world since the panic of 2008. So, I, uh, no, I, I, think, I, I think the Fed, it's not a phony economy in any way, shape, or form. It's a very uneven economy. I mean, the rich have gotten very richer and there have been all kinds of people left behind. Doesn't that bother you? Of course it bothers me. That's why I wrote, a, wrote an op-ed piece on expanding the earned income tax credit. No, I mean, it's, it, it, we should not have the world's richest economy and have as many people who are willing to work, uh, really barely eking out a, a livelihood. What is the answer beyond yeah. tax policy? Well, Warren? tax policy is the big answer. I mean, people like to think education is the answer, and education is the answer for some people. But there will be people left behind. If we existed in a sports economy, you could give me all the education you wanted, and I could train eight hours a day, and I would not be worth being a bat boy, you know, basically. So <laughs> people are fit for different things. And some people are not fit well for a market economy. That does not mean that a prosperous nation should just let them wither on the vine. You mentioned housing. Berkshire has more than 80 businesses under its umbrella, and many of them are housing so many, in fact, that it's almost a proxy for how the housing market is doing. Acme Brick, Shaw Carpet, Nebraska Furniture Mart, Benjamin Moore Paint, all of those yours. 
How's the housing economy doing? Well, those, those businesses are all doing better this year than last year, and they did better last year than the year before. So they've come back to varying degrees. The brick business has not come back like the carpet business has come back. Uh, uh, the furniture stores are, are doing very well now, but what I see is an economy that has come back from being in the emergency ward, you know, basically uh, in, in 2008. And I, like I say, I give, the, I give credit not only, I give credit to the, some administration figures, whether it was Tim Geithner or, or whether it was Hank Paulson, Ben Bernanke, I think they did a terrific job. What is doing the best of all of your businesses? Does one jump out at you where you say, <laughs> wow, jewelry, who knew? Well, we've got a lot of businesses are doing quite well. And, and even though insurance had a uh, increase in auto accidents at, at Geico, in the, particularly in the second quarter, but the insurance business has, has, has been quite good to us over the years and continues to be. Well, we can also talk about oil, which is horrible, concerning the fact that oil prices have dropped pretty exponentially. Burlington Northern Railroad, which gets so much of its revenue from transporting oil and oil product services, will you expect that its revenues will be lower this year than last year? Well, actually, we're the, we're the only railroad that's up on car loadings, I believe, this year versus last year. But that's partly because we didn't do so well last year. Uh, Oil is only 4% of our car loadings. People think it's a lot more because there's all this publicity attached. But, but we carry a couple hundred, 200,000 cars a week. 8,000 cars will be crude oil, 4%. So uh, coal's big, grain's big, you can go down the line. Uh, uh, but the Burlington Northern actually is, it will probably have the best relative record of all the class one railroads this year and our services improved dramatically i'm glad to hear uh, be able to say netjets thursday's deadline to come to a deal between management and the pilots was missed when will this several years long battle continue end i mean there are people saying how 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 will there not be a deal is there a point where you'll step in you did change management and yet there's still contentious relations between management and the pilots i think they're quite a bit better than they were three or four months ago but uh both sides are still talking in that, and, and I'm not involved in the negotiations myself, but, but we've got terrific pilots, and I think we've got a very good management, and, and uh, I, think, I think we'll get a deal signed. Back to the Fed. In just nine days, the Federal Reserve will announce to the world whether, for the first time in nine years, it will tighten interest rates. If you were running the Fed, would you tighten rates at this next meeting in just a few days? Well, nobody's asked me to run the Fed, but I'm <laughs> okay, you asked. You, you just made me a member. Uh, did you make me chairman? Even uh, I, I, uh, I probably wouldn't. I probably wouldn't. But uh, I think the Fed has done an extremely good job in, in, in getting to this point, and they've, they've sort of announced that you know that they're going to almost raise them soon. At some point, you can't keep saying that and not do it. So in terms of credibility, they may have to raise them a bit. But I don't think there's any necessity of moving rates up a lot. But low rates benefit business people who want to borrow money right. to buy. Just a couple of weeks ago, you bought Precision Cast Parts, the part that you didn't already own, $32 billion, $37 billion with debt. At that point, we talked and you said you might borrow $10 billion of that. I anticipate that. You'll borrow? Probably $10 Because rates are so low. Why not? Well, no, I would borrow that if rates were quite a bit higher or they wouldn't be much lower. But uh, no, that's, that's about what I want to borrow in terms of where I want the cash position to be subsequent to the deal. The Chinese gentleman who bought this lunch, 
China has caused all kinds of spasms, so I'm sure he's going to want to talk to you about that. They have obviously intervened on behalf of their currency, and certainly our markets were gyrating. When on August 24th, the Dow fell 1,089 points just as it opened, were you buying? Yeah. A lot? Well, not a whole lot, because we're only buying one or two things. We can only buy such a certain percentage of what trades. But, but we were buying, and we were happier buying when they're down than, than when they were up the day before. Were you selling anything? No. Why sell at such a low price? Right, we're trying to explain to viewers, yeah, you don't no. sell no, when no, you sell, you sell when things go up, and you buy when things go down. Have the market gyrations caused you any sleepless nights? Oh. And I ask that, <laughs> wait. Because Fortune says that Berkshire Hathaway lost about $10 billion in market cap just over the past month or two. Liz, there's been three times since I bought control of Berkshire that Berkshire stock has gone down 50%. 50%. And I never lost any sleep any of those nights. And there will be some time in the next 20 or 30 years it will go down 50% again. I mean, that's the nature of markets. They, they overshoot and, and, you know. That's part of the reason I'm rich is because they do that. So I would be, be very churlish of me to complain about the fact that Berkshire goes down when everything else goes down. We're going to hear more from the Oracle of Omaha tomorrow. What we did was we decided to do a part two of our interview with the third richest man in the world called Random Thoughts. And we're talking politics 2016. The one candidate he absolutely agrees with on a crucial level but absolutely won't vote for. Plus, we ask, should young people borrow money and go into debt just to attend college? You need to hear that and much more. Part two on Countdown to the Closing Bell tomorrow.